good today. Okay. Thank you, Donald. Well, that's nice. Why, why are you doing so well today? Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a pretty productive and connection-rich day so far. I got a good start to my morning, which is always a game changer for me, actually having the time to, mm -hmm. creating the time, I should say, prioritizing the time to be with myself in the morning. Uh, so I got that this morning and I've just had a series of really positive, effective meetings. And now I get to be here and talk to you for an hour, which is pretty great. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you folded this moment into, into the awesomeness of your day. I felt that. <laughs> Good and solid, solid uh, um, example of um, you know starting starting your day being good to yourself and hmm. starting it off right. And that's one of the one of the things that's so appealing about uh, your organization, our organization that we'll talk about a little bit later. Is is this um, mindful approach to convening and creating a space and. Uh, great start. So, uh, hey, who are you? <laughs> oh, yes, maybe we should start there because you and I know each other, but all these other wonderful humans who are listening, watching. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jennifer Nicolaisen. I'm the co-founder and executive director of a uh, small, <laughs> quickly becoming not so small nonprofit based in Western North Carolina called Seek Healing. Right on. Seek healing, and 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 that's how we met. We, uh, I love to go to webinars and conferences and such to um, fill up my toolkit for the rural communities I work with. And I don't know if it was a couple of years ago. Sat in a webinar, and you were hollering into the mic, and not hollering. That's an expression I use. You were sharing some insights that were so. Uh, resonated so well with me I was sending little private messages like okay we need to talk and um <laughs> and and you know then COVID came and uh but eventually there was a reconnection and a strong reconnection and uh ultimately um I get to volunteer on on, on the board of directors now and it's very meaningful yeah yeah it's cool. uh, such a such a asset to have you as oh. a part of that team. <laughs> no, man, I'm just I'm here to support uh, this beautiful idea and the strong work that you and the staff do. Mm. Uh, I get to watch and be part of it. And it really it, it um, the pivotal moment was uh, this um, weekend uh, listening training that mm. uh, I got invited to and uh, spent a weekend in Western North Carolina and it was trajectory changing for me and, and, and how I live my life and approach uh, my relationships and work. And uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that now, I guess is a good time. What, uh, tell us more about C. Keelan. Sure, and listening training in particular. Sure, man, whatever you think's most important. I said yeah, C. Keelan. Yeah. Drop that G. <laughs> seek healing. I don't know what we're all doing though, just seeking some kind of healing. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see where I can start. Uh, the best way to understand what Seek Healing does is that you can think of us as a social health organization, which is part of a new wave of 
entities, organizations, thought leaders in the mental health and recovery space, really understanding how at the heart of sustainable recovery from trauma or substance use is our capacity to form meaningful connections and relationships with each other. So we are not therapy, we are not uh, pharmaceutical or medication assisted approaches, although we do work with um, providers in those spaces. What Seek Healing does is really focus on the social element of recovery from either trauma or substance use or any other, any other symptom of disconnection. Social health, disconnection, and the symptoms that manifest are substance use issues and, 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 and other um, mental health issues of all varieties, I would mental say, health issues um, of all varieties. tend to stem from the attachment traumas we experience in childhood that uh, make our experience of connection with other human beings challenging for whatever reason. We fall to these patterns and our brains create sometimes incredibly complex scenarios to get us through those wounds around relationship and connection and uh, what we do is help people move back towards secure attachment um, one experience at a time wow and it, it it's such a common sense approach and i'm delighted to see this transition from uh, an exclusively uh, medical model uh, approach to addressing substance use issues in particular to really getting a better understanding of the role disconnection and trauma play in, in, these, in these behaviors and uh, addressing those. And it, it makes our work cut out for us, folks in the prevention, harm reduction, treatment and recovery space. Um, you know, no, no more templates and cookie cutter approaches to, to mm. working with people. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I suppose that's those. the downside. But then on the upside, <laughs> we have the the truth that like the whole community suddenly becomes a resource if we don't have to rely on not, you know, therapy has its place. Medication absolutely has its place. It's critical often in early recovery. And the, every human that's a part of every neighborhood, every community can participate in, in this part of the solution, right? In the social health solution. So in some ways, our resources just vastly increased that is the upside <laughs> yeah everybody is, is is a resource everybody can be good medicine nice mm -hmm. nice well the the purpose of of no thanks but yes is to have chill conversations with splendid people like yourself and people who have overcome at some point in their life a chaotic relationship with alcohol or other drugs or behaviors and um, do you identify as, as, as a person who has overcome a chaos or a person in recovery? Hmm. I absolutely do. And I, I really appreciate that definition in particular. It feels really specific. Hmm. If I overcome a chaotic relationship with substance, yes, yes, I have. <clears throat> I'm proud to say. All right, right on. Um, so, um, you know, we often just call it recovery or, 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 or what have you. Um, so what, is, um, what does that mean to you? What does recovery or what does uh, this healthy, connected life, authentic life, what, what, is, what does that mean to you? What does it look like? For me, it looks like being able to actually enjoy my life, being able to choose the things that I wanna do, rather than feeling like I'm a slave 
to getting my next dose or finding the next hit of validation from the people around me. For me, those two things are really intertwined mm. in my substance use. Um, yeah, it looks like freedom. <laughs> it looks like freedom and it looks like pleasure for me, Donald, which I know is like a slightly edgy thing to say in the recovery world. But for me, or for some, <laughs> I think maybe not for you, uh, but <laughs> for me, recovery is fun. Like it feels good and it involves a lot of, yeah, it just involves a lot of pleasure and play and um, finding what, fi finding out and figuring out what real pleasure looks like, which I thought used to come from drugs and alcohol, but actually is available in much richer deeper experiences um without those substances yeah right on oh and we get to discover that and and that was um that was eye-opening for me so what a, what a splendid definition freedom from those bonds with with the with the substances or, or the, the validations or the behaviors and fun and pleasure and a new kind of pleasure through these authentic connections with other humans it's good stuff yeah it's great stuff yeah it's great stuff it is great stuff well um tell me more about uh you know kind of what what's going on with seek healing right now and then how folks can get connected with it and um yeah tell us more about that you know i i attended the the, the weekend uh listening training and and part of my mutual aid uh activity is 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 um attending some digital listening practices with some other beautiful people and um you have trainings as well we have trainings so there's a lot going on what's what's up mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of good going on a lot yeah. of people to get plugged into as well uh so yeah, as you mentioned, we have our, you can think of our services kind of as twofold. There's the training that we provide, which is just a deep dive into authentic communication, how to build relationships that feel more meaningful, how to set boundaries that are helpful, or not only helpful, but also healthy and compassionate, um, how to manage and start to shift that experience of social anxiety that so many of us have when we're in a group of people and we're afraid of you know get self-conscious don't know how to show up listening training is a as you yourself said it, it can be extremely transformational especially in the form of the weekend retreat it's offered as a weekend retreat and also as a six-week class um, it's mostly experiential uh, along with some videos and the experience just completely transforms your our capacity for relationships and how we connect with other people and just brings attention and awareness to the way that we have conversations. So you'll be in a lot of exercises that are facilitated by the people leading the course, but those exercises are designed to draw your attention to where's my autopilot in conversation? Where's my how am I showing up in a way that's actually, I thought was real, but I'm actually not being authentic in this moment. And how is that blocking me from being able to connect with a person who's in front of me? So mm -hmm. it's deep work. Um, and I'd say we, uh, we offer, so, you know, these two kind of modes of programming that education piece is one. And then the other piece um, are just experiences. 
of meaningful human connection. And we have a whole playground of different ways that we do that. Um, there's meetings that happen on an ongoing basis. Like you mentioned, those are called connection practice meetings. They serve as a really great um, complement to a traditional 12-step journey. If that's a part of your substance use recovery, they're also a great alternative if uh, for folks who don't resonate with that particular system. Um, and those are both online and in person in Western North Carolina. We also uh, are always uh, throwing other kinds of events like different types of socials and community gatherings where people can come together in safe, substance-free spaces and have fun, dance, eat, make food, hang out with each other. Um, it's such an important part of connection is just gathering in community. Um, and then we also, uh, the other way that we play in this playground of connection is to match people up one-on-one -on -one for service work opportunities with each other. They call them connection missions or random acts of kindness. So uh, I know service has been a huge part of sustaining my recovery. And I know that sometimes I have the energy to be of service to someone else. And sometimes I really could use some help myself. <laughs> so this system is set up so that we can all kind of give and receive from each other. If someone's sick and needs a meal, um, someone's in the hospital and needs someone to call and check in on them, somebody's just really, really isolated and could use a phone call or a friendly text, um, the program matches people up with each other to give and receive those acts of kindness. Oh, well, it's it's great. It was some... Um... I feel lucky to have have discovered it in, in my journey towards seeking uh, a more joyful recovery and more authentic connections with other humans in my recovery. Um, I met y'all at, at uh, approaching 17 years in recovery. And so, you know, I was deep into a deep into a journey and, and some entrenched pathways. And, uh, you know, it was time time to shake things up just a little bit and, and mm. there so I'm glad to be part of this now um, yeah I think it's so important for us to orient that way you know to like really understanding how recovery is an ongoing ever-changing process and evolution and we peel back one layer like it's never static it's not like it's not just like oh I don't do I don't do cocaine anymore but I'm still you know in like as I continue through my journey in life, I'm noticing all the places where maybe I'm still holding on to crutches that get me validation outside of myself or mm. don't feel so good in my body. I actually just recently stopped or am experimenting with letting go of caffeine, which is also a powerful substance in and of itself. Um, yeah, so I just really honor you for saying that because I think that the process is ever continuing and there's not... <laughs> <laughs> there's never not a time where we could uh, not benefit from um, diving into yeah. connection with each other. I think more, more folks in early recovery and, and mid recovery and long recovery need to hear that. Um, uh, one of our recent guests, Brian, uh, author Brian Cuban, he, he, he went on about that for a little bit about allow your recovery to evolve mm. opposed to these, um, uh, these, these notions of static nature of recovery that are imposed by others or socialized uh, through others. And his recovery has evolved. Mine has tremendously evolved. And, and I, um, it's helpful to be reminded 
of that and social media is helpful in that and you get these reminders of of what you were passionate about 10 years ago and I'm like delete (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we are constantly changing beings yeah and not to let ourselves I'd say in early recovery too not to let ourselves be limited by those definitions or scared by them if we see how someone else is practicing recovery I Mm. I know for myself it's never been a fully abstinence oriented path and for me that was really hard in the beginning like not seeing other people who were or having this idea that recovery needed to um, look a certain way or um, be defined by certain substances. So yeah, I just think letting go of all of those expectations, whether we're early in recovery or you know 17 years in and looking for something fresh, as long as we're always looking for something fresh and looking for what is most authentic to our experience, mm. um, we're on the right path, I'd say. Yeah, authentic. I do remember reaching out to you uh, for uh, a piece I was working on for this uh, description of of substance use disorder and recovery and and authentic was a word that that you drove home for me and I ended up integrating it into the piece and it felt felt authentic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a really specific word, you know? I think it, it brings up the... The other word that I like in the con it's a little bit different, but authenticity kind of connotes this. It brings me back to myself and what it is that I truly have to say that nobody else has to say. Another word for it that I like playing with sometimes is, is uh, sovereignty, which we can lose, right? When we're really deep into the service aspect of our recovery and we're giving to others and we're listening to others, we're helping other people, but none of that that can lose its authenticity if we lose track of where we are in that and what it is that we individually have to say and um, prioritizing our voice. Um, So it's a a value that I hold very deeply. Sovereignty, strong word. And uh, I have a good friend that will be a guest on the show coming up, uh, indigenous American leader here in North Carolina. And he says, sobriety is sovereignty. And that word is a deeply meaningful word for, uh, you know, nations of people who had lost their sovereignty and mm. are attempting to regain it. And uh, I've always, I've also strongly believed that, you know, autonomy is, is something that's uh, part of um really uh, authentic recovery is, is a connection, purpose, um, autonomy. Mm. And, uh, we figure out who we are. So who, who we are, I, I want to know more about you. Uh, I have a question. Um, what, kind of, what kind of music do you dig? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, I love my, I love all so many different kinds of music but what will really get me moving and dancing are uh different kinds of uh different kinds of electronic music um what i really love is a genre called glitch hop if you're familiar with that or trip hop i Um, am familiar with trip hop (laughs) yeah i used to play in a band that sampled trip hop yeah okay okay yeah so along that direction bands like Jade Cicada, uh, Charles the First, Planetray is one that I've really been enjoying lately. Oh, people are gonna be Googling left and right, trying some, <laughs> some of this music, see how it gets, I, I will be for sure. 
Right on. So, well, this, this, uh, that was the question that was on my mind because I, I want to know that about people. I dig music a lot and all kinds, um, for sure. Really deep in the jazz uh, right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love some good jazz. I love listening to soulful singers as well oh, yeah. in the right mood. That's less like for dancing and more for emotional movement, you know? Um, I can get down with some jazz with you, Donald, for sure. <laughs> So um, fun. We talk about uh, fun, what we do for that pleasure in recovery. Tell me, tell me what you do for you and how do you get your kicks? Well, music is definitely a big one. Uh, dancing. I, dancing is so important to me. I realized about six months into COVID um, what a loss that was in my life, especially dancing to live music and with other human beings around. Um, so I've done what I can to create that even just in my living room as COVID has progressed, um, but really grateful also for the return of being able to dance in public. It feeds my soul in a really deep way. Um, I love hiking, these beautiful mountains that we live in out here in Western North Carolina. Um, I'm a student of uh, foraging practices and arts so learning all about edible wild foods and plants nice. is a, a passion of mine yeah one of our um, recent guests megan hetfield it just got her mushroom foraging license we talked about oh wow yeah yeah cool are awesome they're amazing there's so <laughs> many different kinds and um i really enjoy the mindful sort of presence that foraging can bring to my hikes. It has me, if I'm really focused on actually understanding and noticing what each plant is and what food or medicine it might have to offer me, it, it just brings a whole different level of mindfulness to the experience of being in nature and hiking um, that I really enjoyed. Oh, that sounds lovely. And you're, you're in the right area of the country. I, I was raised in Western North Carolina before I ran off and join the service and uh hiking i dig hiking uh, but i miss hiking in the mountains for sure mm. yeah dancing foraging. yeah dancing hiking foraging and i'd say beyond that just um connecting with my friends and my community and having i mean you know go figure as much as i've been talking about <laughs> connections so far on this podcast right but even outside my professional life, I love creating those meaningful, rich social experiences through Seek Healing and the work that we do. But I do them, you know, for my my personal community as well. Granted, there's a lot of overlap between my <laughs> friend group and my Seek Healing community. Um, but yeah, having experiences and gatherings that are intentional. And like last weekend, I had a, we threw a birthday party for one of my friends where we had each room of the house, we transformed it into one of the five senses. So going through the house was this sensory journey where we like tasted different foods in the taste room and looked at really beautiful art in the sight room and kind of went through this shared journey together. I really like designing, I like designing experiences like that mm -hmm. and then uh, being in them <laughs> with uh, good people, with people that I can connect with and appreciate uh the experience with yeah i tell you that that's one of the things that i, I found appealing uh, about you and 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 some of the staff with whom i became close was um 
uh, you know, in, in this space, folks can teach theory and, and, and um, but when you see some folks authentically living that which they are sharing with others or proposing as, as a design for living, um, I felt that. I felt that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The sea healing folk live it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not uh, surprised that there's little intersect, little compartment between uh, that practice and your fun. Mm. Cool. Groovy. So um, we uh, like to share a message with our millions and millions of listeners out there. Uh, if you were to to have all of them as a captive audience right now, what what um, what kind of wisdom would you lay down on them right now? <laughs> Ooh. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> you owe me a Coke, Donald. Except I don't drink Coke. You owe me a, <laughs> I don't know. Not anymore. <laughs> a hangout. <laughs> That's right. Um, hmm, what message would I give? I mean, to the collective, to, you know, not just any individual, I would say, may we all just remember how important our connections to each other are, how we can actually be the medicine that helps the whole world reconnect, heal, rebuild new systems. I won't even say like, rebuild the broken systems that we find ourselves in but actually create something new um, but it starts with us first and foremost and in the smallest little actions then if in each of our interactions we can dive into more authentic expression that quite literally perpetuates love um, and i believe to the depth of my core that that's what the world needs it's what we all desperately need. That's what our planet needs. <laughs> um, if we have any chance of making this next step together. Man, that, that's, that's beautiful. You know, um, the world needs love and we can play a role in manifesting that love through some very practical and authentic activities that, that uh, yeah, that's hopeful for me. Jen, mm. I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope it resonates with everyone out there. If not, whatevs. <laughs> yeah, I think it's easy to get, I know for me anyway, I can get really down sometimes. I can feel really despairing, especially when I look at the state of the world and there's so much that's been happening, especially in recent, <laughs> the recent couple of years that, um, there's a lot to cry about, honestly, but I am so convicted in the truth of, of this thing that these small choices, these small choices to love each other for all really prioritizing that. Those moments where we feel like we're not doing enough or we're imposters, we're not like really doing a good job or we're not in the right job or whatever your thing is. Like, honestly, I don't like in the, in the core of me, I really don't think any of that matters. I think what really matters is how you're showing up the next time you talk to another human and what you're showing them with your actions and the way that you speak, and what you're inviting them into. Boom. <laughs> that was perfect. 
you're perfect, practically perfect, sorry. <laughs> practically perfect in every way. Well, it's been a treat, my friend, and I really appreciate you coming by. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is this has been great. Thanks, Donna.